Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. And here in the studio with me today, I have Chef Doug Brasselman with Emerald's Restaurant. Hey, Chef Doug, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very well. I'm so glad you're able to come in the studio today and talk food. My pleasure. Is food your favorite thing to talk? Uh, yeah, mostly. I mean, it's what we're surrounded by all day, right? It's kind of like it's our favorite thing, but then sometimes we're like, oh, God, please, person in the grocery line, don't <laughs> ask me a question about what I'm cooking. <laughs> right. What's your specialty? <laughs> my, I like to smoke things is my favorite thing. Um, I have uh, gone through my my share of smokers. I don't know about you. Are you a smoker at all? Yeah, I've I've gone through a bunch of smokers at home, but normally they're like home built or just things that fall apart. Okay, so tell me the craziest home built one you made. Uh, I did one out of a a small whiskey barrel Ooh. Uh, that kind of just caught on fire after a while. Well, so it was flame roasted. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did one out of a dorm refrigerator because I thought, okay, well, I could cold smoke if I could plug it in and keep it cold and not have to worry about ice and all that. I realized I probably should have used a freezer because after the smoke builds up, it still got a little warm in there. But it was it was a good learning opportunity. And, you know, if you find a fridge on the side of the road, try to turn it into a smoker, right? Why not? Well, you know, over at Emeralds, I I love to go there. And the first thing I always tell people is, you know, the barbecue shrimp. And I would imagine that as a chef, there are some dishes on that menu you can probably make in your sleep, one of those being the barbecue shrimp. Yeah, there's a couple of them on the menu that uh, we've done a number of times over a number of years. Uh, Barbecue shrimp definitely being one of them, pork chop, so-and-so. It's kind of funny because, you know, I I imagine that, you know, here in New Orleans, there are people who are like, you know, two different kinds of diners. The diner that is exciting about whatever the new special is or the diner who says every single time I come here, I better have this. So chef can't take it off the menu. Yeah, you definitely run into that a ton. I mean, we get... Which is which isn't a bad thing, you know. I mean, the the best thing about the dishes that stay on our menu is that they are really, really good dishes. So you can't have a you can't have a problem with that, uh, you know. I mean, they're emerald staples, and we it keeps people coming back. And uh, the what well, we do also have that uh, opportunity to cook for people who are interested in the new stuff coming out. A lot of our regulars uh, are excited when we do menu changes. You know, they they come enough to want us to change the menu more often than not uh you know and we also have our tourist crowd who comes in and say oh what did what did emerald cook you know and this is this is kind of his things that he left behind and that he's that he's that we're still doing that he that he was cooking when he was the chef here and everything and people like that but people also like the you know new new stuff so when you're coming up with new stuff or you're uh, tweaking old stuff you know sometimes that can be super exciting sometimes that can be maybe not as good of a result. And I, for one, just changed my pepper jelly recipe and everyone has called me out on it. And it was just the difference between substituting half brown sugar and people are like, this is not your pepper jelly. So are there some dishes that you, you're you like, they're even better once you tweak them after they've been on the menu for a little while? Or are you just saying, I want to completely reinvent and just make, totally new dish so that it can't be compared 
Yeah, if we do a change, it normally comes from something new that we're doing. So, for instance, with this happy hour menu with our specials that we do daily, that's what kind of inspires the new dishes. It's never something that, or at least not often, something that we'll pull that we're already doing to enhance. It's kind of already, it's gone through that process already. So, as we do it as a special, it might not, that first draft might not be what makes it on the menu, but if we do it and we really like it and we think it could use work or it could be better, then we'll, you know, work towards making it something that we think is, um, you know, as close to perfect as possible that, that we can put on the menu. So when you're trying to come up with these new specials, where are you getting your inspiration? Uh, a lot of it comes from just what's in season, you know. Uh, we have farmers and local guys and our purveyors all the time calling us and saying, hey, I, I have this coming in, I have that coming in. And you just start with an ingredient, you know, whether it's uh, some kind of local vegetable, fruit or protein or whatever, and you just build around that. You know, I think that's the easiest way to do it. Go ahead. So I know that like sometimes out there, there, there are home cooks that want to be adventurous and they they are looking for inspiration and it can be a little overwhelming, you know, to walk into a restaurant and just go, oh my gosh, how did they even know that these things all go together? How do you know how to combine all those flavors together? Yeah, I, I, I've been asked that before and I, I've only come up with two good answers. One is it just comes natural to some people that they can pair things and they can their palate has just come if developed into that over time and that's that's the other answer to the question is just repetition you know daily trying different things you kind of learn you know the balance of food and, and what goes good with something what's going to make something taste better or, uh, you know take from take from every ingredient and the combinations will will speak for themselves just trying over and over again. So when you think about like the flavors of Louisiana and what we have available in the summertime, you know, what produce is out there that we have to play with? Uh, I, I always love the tomatoes, the peppers. Uh, those things are two of my favorite things. I love, I love Spanish food. So peppers and tomatoes are just right where, right where I want to be. And summer and summer, and fall are, are my two favorite seasons for local food. I mean, we, we almost can't go wrong here uh, in any spoiled. season. But uh, in the summer, you know, you have your Creole tomatoes, you have your heirloom tomatoes. We have a farm uh, up in Folsom called Cubby Rise. I'm sure you've used them before. And they just they just find the best stuff in that sense, and they bring it to us, and we do uh, everything we can with it. Um, and that's fun for us. Do you ever get things where the guys from Cubby Rise show up and you're like, hmm, maybe I need to Google that? Or what is this thing that these guys brought? <laughs> yeah, a lot of times it's something that no one's ever heard of. They come up with hybrids and stuff like that. And and that's that's also cool to kind of mess around with. They'll sometimes uh, they'll show up and just throw a 10-pound bag in, the, in with everything else we buy of something that they're doing or something that they know we've never seen or they think we've never seen. Just for us to, you know, to take a shot at it. You know, they're trying to they're trying to sell to us as much as we're trying to buy from them. So they want us to see what they're doing and they're interested. They have their art and we have ours and they kind of work together. Are there so give us an example of something that maybe uh, showed up on the counter and you're like, 
Okay, so let's figure out what to do with this. Uh, let me think. They've come out with some really cool, the name escapes me, but they've come, Coverize has come out with some really cool varieties of eggplant. And, uh, you know, messing with different types of eggplant, um, they have all kinds of different, you know, uh, the, the moisture level, the bitterness, the sweetness, the skin, everything is different in those things. And I think they've come up with a bunch of different types that a lot of that I haven't seen. And, and it's cool to play with that because, Eggplant can be applied in so many different ways, you know, whether you're going to fry it or roast it or puree it or whatever. Um, that's something that they, they came with some the other day. I can't remember the name of them, but they were these little orange. They looked like pumpkins. And uh, I played around with it for a whole day. It was fun. So what did you make with it? We wound up actually doing like a demi-toss, like eggplant parmesan with it. Oh, fun. Uh for a for a vegetarian guest, and uh, it came out really good. You know, sometimes those can be like super successful, and then other times you're like, "Oh, okay, maybe maybe we're not gonna ever put that dish on the menu." <laughs> Have you had any dishes where you thought like, "Hey, this dish is the bomb," and everybody just looked at you and said, "Chef Doug, you gotta change that up." <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's happened before. Uh, normally, I realize it before everybody else does as well. But, uh, you know, you, you kind of, a lot of a lot of people get caught up in what they like, and you have to think about what everybody else likes too, you know. Unfortunately, it's not all about us, you yes. know. So we have to, uh, we have to cater to everybody else. There, there's dishes that I've, that I've done and I've thought were great and, uh, a lot of people didn't like it for different reasons, you know. People don't like uh, things because of the, what the texture or the taste or whatever. So you kind of have to take people's advice sometimes. Well, so one thing that I hear from a lot of chefs, you know, that maybe they've worked their way up through kitchens and you know, started off as a dishwasher, as a line cook, or, you know, to the point where finally one of their creations maybe the head chef goes hey buddy this is this is a good dish we're going to put it on the menu can you remember a time where maybe a dish that you had created a, a chef finally gave you the like thumbs up this is going on my menu or somebody else's dish that you said this guy or girl just really killed it we're putting it on there um yeah i mean throughout the years we've I've done a couple of dishes that uh, have shined through and gone on menus, you know. Uh, a lot of times those are things, like I said, you know, you'll start here and then it ends up here. So I, I don't really, it, it, you know how it is in the kitchen. It's hard to take credit for anything, no matter where you are. It's a team. So, you know, you have to, uh, I, I can say that I did something and it was all me, but that would be a lie. You know, someone came in and said, maybe you should try that. Maybe we should do this, you know. So I can think of a, a number of dishes that, that kind of, you could say that. But I, uh, I'd i have to give everybody in that kitchen the credit for it. And, you know, it's funny. We say we have to give everybody credit for it. And uh, I was looking online and I was talking to a chef friend of mine. And he posted this new menu with octopus that he was doing at his restaurant. And I said, chef, I'm stealing that. 
And he he sends me a message that says, "Amy, there's no such thing as an original idea in yeah. the kitchen. You, I have done. stole it from somebody else." So, you know, are you looking to books, magazines, picking people's brains? Where are you you getting your ideas? Uh, it's I don't I don't do a whole lot of uh, books these days. I mean, I, I've, I follow a lot of chefs on Instagram and I, you know, the, that's just kind of the way it is now, you know? Um, and I look at what other people are doing and, uh, I mean, you're right. You're not, not nothing's original anymore. You can kind of put a twist on things, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that nobody's done it already. You know, uh, my inspiration normally, normally comes from, you know, we'll we'll have little round tables at work with the sous chefs and myself and even the cooks sometimes. And I like to keep everybody involved enough to feel a little bit of ownership. So we we, we come up with ideas off of each other. You know, uh, what what did you eat this weekend? You know, where did you eat this weekend? What you know, what have you been looking at? Or what are you interested in? Or somebody will come back from vacation and have an idea or whatever. And it comes from. Uh, it comes from all over the place. And it's pretty cool how all those ideas can, you know, if you have 10 people in your kitchen and you have servers and a front of a house team and everybody's sitting down at the table and they're tasting something and it's evoking a memory. And then they're like, oh, but when I was on vacation, I had this. And then like something just comes together. Yeah. That type of thing happens a lot. You know, you, I mean, there's so many people. In in the rest in a restaurant, any restaurant, small or big, doesn't really matter. There's all kinds of personalities, and all kinds of walks of life, uh, and I think uh, it all comes together in, in the food and in everything. You know, you you definitely see that. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the happy hour menu over at Emeralds, because uh, my favorite thing is happy hour. And when someone tells me <laughs> I can eat things for like five bucks, then I can have cocktails for five bucks. I'm in, and I think especially in New Orleans in the summertime, we want to sneak out of work a little early and go enjoy something. You know, what are we going to be enjoying on the menu over there during happy hour? Well, what we're doing is a little uh, unique. We're doing $5 everything, so specialty cocktails, wine by the glass, and food. It's, we're no, we're doing five different foods uh, or five different dishes every week. It changes every week. We kind of work off of a theme, you know, whatever it may be. It kind of keeps us interested, keeps us worldly. Uh, right now we're doing the World Cup. We've done the World Cup last last week, this week, and we we're going to follow through till the end. I think next week we're going to take a break from it and do Fourth uh, of July stuff. But we're just kind of keeping up with uh, what's going on. Um, you know, and keeping a, a happy hour theme there. It's kind of fun because it's, it's almost never-ending. So when you say World Cup, are you picking, like, who you think's going to win and then you pick their country and do We're something? We're picking different, <laughs> different, yeah, different countries. Um, the first week we kind of did the favorites. You know, we did Argentina and Brazil and Portugal. And, uh, and now we're kind of, we're just kind of picking out the people who are still in it, I guess. And then uh, when we come back for the final week, we'll probably do the favorites and whoever's there going going, going to the end. Well, you know, that's got to be kind of fun to be able to have a, a, you know, a theme. And so many times our, our listeners out there 
are planning their home, you know, get togethers, a 4th of July barbecue or a dinner party or, and do you find that having a theme really helps to kind of keep the focus so you don't get all over the place or is it better to be broad and just see what hits? Uh, yeah. And it, it also kind of, it definitely keeps you focused on what you're trying to accomplish for sure. Uh, but this world cup theme has been kind of different because we would do, you know, a Spanish menu or we did a, we did a, um, we did an Anthony Bourdain menu, uh, that week, you know, um, but this one's a little different because it's the World Cup. It's the it's all kinds of food. It's yeah. all it's different. Every dish is a different country, so it gives you focus points. But you're not really you kind of have to go all over the place to do that. You know, right? I mean, this week we're doing Spain, France, um, you know, five different countries, and their their foods all over the place. It's it's nothing. Nothing's the same on the menu. So it is and it isn't. Yeah, uh, you know, normally we have a little bit more focus point, but uh, this hat, this this World Cup one's been a lot of fun because it's all over the place. Well, so that kind of leads me to a question I ask a lot of chefs who come on the show. And uh, if I ever win the Powerball, I may not have any money left for me because I always tell these chefs, "All right, if we can go anywhere in the world," and I say, "All right, Chef Doug, I won the Powerball. Let's go somewhere and study food." Anywhere in the world, where are you going? One place? Yeah. Well, yeah, let's not be greedy. One place. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would I think I would have to go either Spain or Portugal. And I love I love those flavors. Just uh just the way that they cook out there. The the clean, just simple flavor that they that they do. And the ingredients there are kind of similar to what we have. A lot of seafood. Um and a lot of peppers and things like you know they cook like we cook I think, but we obviously have Spanish influence. But um, that would be I think that that would be my place. I, I like that. That it, you know it's it's on my list. So hey, let's win the Powerball. <laughs> and uh, I hear that in Portugal and Spain, it's also my kind of schedule where you get to stay up really late all late at night, get up late, take a nap. It sounds like a really perfect schedule. Yeah, it's a, schedule. Chef's, it's a chef's life, for sure. Well, a lot of wine in between. Are there any ingredients that you haven't had a chance to play with as a chef that you go, gosh, one day I want to get my hands on this and and try to figure out how to cook it? Uh, honestly, I'm not saying I've worked with everything, but I couldn't. I don't think I could pick an ingredient out of the air like that. We have the opportunity to to play with some really cool stuff. Uh, working with Emerald, he he likes us to think outside the box. So it, um, I can't think of anything I've wanted to and not been able to get my hands on. I know that that might That's sound awesome. that might sound like I'm spoiled, but uh, you know, it's he he really does give us an opportunity to to do what we want to do, and. Um, that's why I love my job so much. That's awesome. I love when people love their jobs because that, I swear, makes the food taste better. It, oh, it really does. <laughs> so if you closed your eyes and you, you know, started to think, are, is there like a dish or dining experience or something someone cooked for you that you just stop and go, I can close my eyes and I, I still taste it or I still love it or it still inspires me deep down? 
Uh, yeah, I could probably name a few instances like that. And it goes from top to bottom. I can I can say that about my meal per se. I could also say that about a meal I had in my grandmother's kitchen, you know. So tell me uh, about a meal in your grandmother's kitchen. Uh, it's funny. We're from here, like I said, and uh, my grandmother cooked Italian food. I thought I was Italian until I was like 16 years old, <laughs> coming to find that I'm not Italian at all. But that was her thing, you know. She and she was she was awesome. she was great at it, you know. Uh, right now, one of the dishes on our menu is the stuffed clams that everybody's kind of going crazy over. And it's like a mix between what we would do and stuffed peppers. And that was my grandma's thing. She would do stuffed peppers, whether it was shrimp or crab or whatever was in season. Uh, and that was something that I remember and I'll always remember. Um, and I applied that to a a stuffed clam that you would do like in the Northeast, like where Emerald's from, with Portuguese uh, influence. So it, it, if you ask me what, what I remember her cooking, it was, it was just that, um, all the Italian, uh, special, you know, just old school dishes and those home cooking stuffed peppers or pan-made pork chops or just little stuff like that. So is that what inspired you to become a chef? Uh, I don't think that inspired me to become a chef. It probably inspired me to love food. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I I fell in love with this just from being around it all the time. Growing up in the city and, you know, like you said, starting in a, starting as a dishwasher in a restaurant and watching, the, watching how crazy it is and just wanting to, never wanting to leave, you know. Uh, it's intriguing. So for our listeners out there who are are wanting to to come out and dine and wanting to come to Emeralds and have have something, what must they order before they leave the restaurant? Um, well, I mean, for anybody who's Emerald experienced for dessert, you know you got to go for that banana cream pie. Oh my god, it's so good! Uh, but we all and don't stop there because. Jeremy Fogg, our pastry chef, is incredibly talented. And all the stuff that he's doing is just off the charts. Um, I talked about the clams. That's become one of the staples on the menu now, and people are really, really digging that. Uh, As far as any big plates or entrees go, it's hard to say. Everything's pretty... All Like I said, all the staples are great, and the other things are kind of constantly changing. So I hate to say something that isn't going to be there. Well, well and, and so it just sounds like you have to come more than once because, right. or come with a big crowd that isn't afraid to let you stick your fork in their plate and share it all together right. at the yeah. table. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be all over the pork chop. That's one of my favorite things, even though it's it's one of the old school dishes. It's really, really awesome. I eat one probably once a month still. Um we're, we're constantly doing whole fish, which is a big thing for me. A lot of local fish coming in, uh, and we do different preparations on that all the time. Uh, the Wagyu beef that we're doing from Rains in Louisiana is an awesome thing. Uh, the lacquer duck, I mean, you can go. I mean, I'm getting hungry just, like, going <laughs> through the whole menu. Yeah, it's just really whatever you're feeling like that day. And you see, you see it on there. You can't go wrong. 
Well, I love that. So tell our listeners where they can find you, when y'all are open, and all that good stuff. Uh, so we're open for lunch Monday through Friday, 1130 to 2, and then we open at happy hour Monday through Friday at 5 uh, until 10, 1030. Um, and we just we don't do the happy hour on the weekends or lunch. Uh, that's a Monday through Friday thing. But uh, dinner only Saturday, Sunday, and you know it's awesome i'm excited i can't wait to check out happy hour five dollars all day is is my alley and i feel like it you can still sneak out after work have some appetizers have some drinks and then still go home and have dinner because you know you have to act like you you weren't out partying during happy hour right you gotta Pretend like you haven't been anywhere. <laughs> well, you all have been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. Thank you to Chef Doug Brasselman from Emeralds for joining us in the studio today. If you get a chance, get out there. Go check out the Emeralds uh, happy hour menu. Check out all the specials and all the things that were inspired by his mama on the menu. I kind of like that, too. So thank you so much for listening to New Orleans by Mouth on WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.